Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Financial Flex with Flex, where we change the way we talk about money. Today's episode is the final episode to end our home ownership series, and I am so thankful for every guest that appeared on the show to shed some light on the home buying process. It's actually pretty ironic that I started this series because when I first started out, I was not thinking about owning a home. I actually didn't really care to, to be honest. But in the past couple of weeks, I'd say within the the last two weeks, John and I have been discussing the possibility of purchasing a home, you know, in the next couple of years. We've been only... um, We've only been renting for about a year, um, but we think that for what we pay in rent, which is $1,300 for a 700 square foot, one bedroom, one bathroom apartment, we could definitely purchase a home with way more space. Plus, we'd be investing in our future, but it's just an idea for now. And if we do decide to, you know, make that leap, I'll definitely bring you guys along for the ride. Destiny Brooks is an Atlanta-based real estate agent. She's been in the industry for about two years now. However, growing up, she saw her mom build up her own real estate career, so I guess you could say that she's just like a natural-born real estate agent. We had a great conversation and covered a ton of topics, so I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. As always, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review. I appreciate it very much. All right, well... Here's today's episode. My full name or my name is Destiny Brooks. Um, I go as Dear Des on Instagram. I am currently with the Kendrick Realty Group. Um, I've actually just switched over with them. But uh, part of the reason why I did decide to get into real estate um, is because I've always had a love for real estate. My mom. She was actually a real estate agent when I was younger, so I used to drive around with her, um, help her do contracts. I actually stayed up with her, like, while she was going through the class, Um, so I knew how much of a struggle it was, and once she, you know, once she got through it, I saw the benefits of it, and I just felt like it was something that fit me. Um, I'm a personal person. I'm a salesperson. Um, I love houses. I love decorating. Um, I just love the feel within itself, so um, I've been in it for about... It'll be two years in April. So it's been a long journey. (laughs) I guess you could say this is something that a career path that you kind of just like grew up with since like your mom being in real estate and you kind of getting to experience that, you know, firsthand with her. Yeah, definitely. Um, This is definitely something that I grew up in, um, even with like her colleagues and stuff like that. um, Just the nature of it within itself has always been prominent around for me. Gotcha. I wanted to know, like, as a real estate professional, where would someone who's wanting to purchase their first home, like, what are the first steps? Where do you even start? Yeah, so just let's say, for instance, it's an idea. Um, first off, I can tell you the wrong way to start is to start, the wrong way is to start looking at houses. Um, you don't want to start looking at houses um, because you may... It's it's a wishful thinking kind of thing. And I say that because the first thing that you absolutely need to do is get pre-approved. You want to see how much you can afford. You want to see if if you're even eligible to buy a house. Um, And, of course, if you know a realtor or um, if you know know, if you have any relationship with a realtor, nine times out of ten, they have a relationship with a lender. So if you don't know a lender or if you don't um, have someone to control your finances or offer you a loan, 
um, you can definitely connect with a real estate agent and they'll be able to do, to connect you all. Um, your lender is someone totally different from your real estate agent. So the sole responsibility of your real estate agent is to find your property. It, it kind of plays hand in hand in a sense. Does that make sense? Sometimes yeah. you're going to find your realtor first. Sometimes you're going to find your lender first, but they play hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Your realtor can't actually start moving until you get pre-approved with your lender. So definitely I would say that would be your first step. Um, go ahead and get pre-approved. Now, how you get pre-approved is you the things that they're looking at is, is your credit score, your debt to income. Those are going to be the two major things that they look, your, they look for. So you want to make sure that you have your credit up to par. If you need ways to, you know, repair your credit or if you need ways to get credit, um, there are ways out there. And I always tell people to try to go ahead and invest in that now. Do your research. Research on the different programs that are out there. There's so many programs out there for different people, for teachers, for veterans, anybody, first-time home buyers. There's so many programs out there for you that can assist you. Um, and, of course, all of that will be following upon you getting approved those are things that we will dive into once you get approved so um i do want to ask this this wasn't a question that i sent over but it's something that just popped uh -huh. into my head what are some ways for you to get denied a loan kind of clarify your question ways to get denied from a loan after you get pre-approved or is what ways can you not be pre-approved yeah what ways can you not be pre-approved so um, FHA requires you to have at least a 580 credit score. Um, so if you do, if you have anything less than a 580, then of course you won't get pre-approved. Um, your debt to income. Your debt to income just basically means how much debt do you have in comparison or in ratio to your income. Mm -hmm. If you have more than 50% of your of debt to your income, you can get denied, and that that includes student loans as well. Oh wow! Now. Yes, but, but, but also it's a holistic view. So everybody is a case-by-case -case scenario because I have student loans and, I, you know, I am a home buyer. But the thing, the, the reason why it was not so effective on me is because I didn't, I only had that debt. I didn't have, um, you know, these credit cards out the roof. I didn't have any other houses or, you know what I mean? Like I didn't have all this other debt. Mm -hmm. So it didn't hurt, my student loans didn't really hurt me as bad. And I didn't. I was grateful enough not to have that much in student loans as well. Mm -hmm. So student loans, if you have student loans, it's not a be-all. You know, you can't buy a house. You can still buy a home with student loans. Mm -hmm. You just have to make sure that the ratio compared to your other debt, you know, is in comparison. You can't have, you know, you can't have $30,000 in debt of student loans and then have $100,000 in credit cards. These people are giving you your lender, your bank, whoever that case may be that's giving you this loan, they're giving you $200,000, $300,000. So they want to make sure that you have a consistent pay. You know, you have consistency in paying. They, mm -hmm. don't, they don't want to see all this different type of debt and then you're paying it late and then you're paying you know what i mean you're just adding more loans you're getting another loan to pay this debt this this credit card off you know what i mean it's yeah you. so you just have to be you have to be cautious and you have to be smart of the things that you are applying to your credit right that definitely makes sense and thank you thank you for like elaborating on that more um i love how you said that like even though you still have student loans you can definitely still buy a house so i think that'll be good for people out there who are wanting to you know purchase a home but are afraid that they have just that they can't because of their student debt it's good to know that they actually mm -hmm. it's it's within reach in regards to that 
um, your student loans, they're actually, they count as 1% to your debt-to-income ratio. So it's not, the student loans, they're not this major thing or anything like that. They're actually on the smaller scale as mm-hmm. far as what they equate to, but it's how much debt that affects you. So it's like if I have my student loans, I have like a crazy car note, like a bunch of credit card debt, like that's what would affect me, not really my loans Having by itself. Loan. Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. You just want to make sure that your income is, you know, equates to that. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you're, yeah, you can't be, you can't make $50,000 a year and then have $50,000 in debt. Uh, You said earlier, you know, there are so many ways for people to kind of like not catch breaks, but there are programs and incentives put into place um, for people to purchase homes. So uh, can you uh, give more details as to what some of those programs are? Yeah, so a very popular program, which is a program that I um, work with often, um, it is for first-time home buyers. It's called the Shenoa Fund, and that's C-H-E-N-O-A. Um, and what with that one, you do have to, uh, like I said, it's for first-time home buyers, and what they do is they'll actually offer you 100% financing. Um, so you won't have to put anything down, um, but you have to have at least a 620 credit score. Of course, you have the VA loan with any veterans. You can get 100% um, with, with your loans. Um, you have the NACA program. The NACA program is not one of my favorites. However, it is a great program um, that people do go through. Um, it is for first-time home buyers, and what they actually do is um, you get an advisor, and they'll, I don't want to say walk you through, but they'll help you get to the point of being able to purchase a home as far as helping you save, looking, looking at your income, helping you pay down things, and, and of that such. Gotcha. Um, do you care to explain why NACA isn't one of your favorites? Um, it's not one of my favorites because the process can be very long. Okay. Um, so for someone who is, let's say for instance, someone that's trying to move out in summer, NACA may not be the best program for you. Um, so I've known someone that it takes up to a year oh, wow. for them to, to approve you. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's just like the process can be can be kind of long with that. Yeah, the approval process can be uh, could be fairly long. I think the I think someone I know they said that it took them four months. Hmm. So I've heard I've, I've heard I heard a lot of different stuff. I've heard four months, six months, one year. It's it's just long. The underwriting process is what takes long, and that's of course after you get approved. Um, can you explain what the underwriting process is? Um, not my cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is what your your lender and your underwriter they work hand in hand. Your under, your underwriter is getting all in your business. Mm-hmm. Let me just say that <laughs> <laughs> all in your financial business. That's that's the basis of what I know as far as the underwriter. They're the person who's going to collect all your documentation, look at all your taxes, um, your bank statements. They're the one who's going to call your call your financial people and verify stuff. That's your underwriter. Gotcha, gotcha. So they're kind of like gathering all of your receipts, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, what to you is the biggest misconception about millennials and homeownership? I would say that people think that they can't do it. Um, they can't do it. It's too much. I can't afford it. Um, I've even heard before that um, 
I can't call maintenance if something happens. <laughs> I have student loans. Um, you know, just the just the average the average stuff that I hear. Um, and my my biggest advice is that you know you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You just have to focus. Um, it is it is a journey. It's not like going to the store and buying shoes, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's a process. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of math. It's a lot of understanding. It's a lot of things that you don't understand. But that is the importance of having a realtor who's going to help you understand what's going on. Um, people say that they can't afford it when in reality, and, and you know what's crazy um, that we're having this conversation is today is because someone from my college, um, she, re- she reached out to me and she said that she's paying – so. She, it's her and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, her and her boyfriend now, of course, they are, you know, trying to trying to become one under one roof. Mm-hmm. So she's paying eighteen hundred dollars at her apartment, and he's paying auntie eighteen hundred dollars at her at his apartment. So I'm like, and so his his lease is over in February. You know, he's looking, he's trying to get back into something, but they just think that that's extremely high. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Do y'all understand that y'all just bought land this year? Y'all just bought some land between the both of them. They have spent forty three thousand and two hundred dollars in rent, and they can't get any of that money back. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people, you say you can't afford it, but you can afford to pay somebody else's somebody else's rent, somebody else's mortgage. You can afford to pay somebody else's mortgage. If you can afford eighteen hundred dollars a month, you can at least get a two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's so, a, that's a that's like a a really good um, like point that you make, and and it's something that I was going to ask later, but like we might as well, you know, since we're on the subject, talk about it now. It's just the whole debate between renting and owning your home because. It is true, like you said, when you are renting, at the end of the day, you can't get that money back. Like, it's going into someone else's pocket. Mm-hmm. But um, I've also heard, you know, people say that owning a home is such a money suck because it's like not only are you buying the home, you're having to furnish that home. If something breaks, you're the one that's fixing it, not your land, not not your landlord. And then you have, like, um, HOA fees and all this other stuff. So I've heard people say that, like, you know, the mm-hmm. owning a home just isn't isn't what it's all it's like cracked up to be you said that with buying a home you hear you heard that people say that you can't furnish it well i hope that you're furnishing your apartment <laughs> <laughs> so i think that that should be on your to-do list you also stated that um you're not able to uh the maintenance if something breaks you're not able to to call a landlord whenever you purchase a home you're required to get homeowner's insurance Okay, mm-hmm. it's a warranty. As a realtor, I always try to negotiate one year warranty for all my clients. And what that basically means is happens to me. If something leaks, if something breaks, I can call them and I can call them and say, "Hey, um, so and so is not working," and all I have to do is pay seventy five dollars, and they they will cover it. And we're talking about homeowners insurance that is it's four hundred dollars a year. So we're talking about you're paying insurance thirty three dollars a month. Hmm. to invest in your property um you said hey, you people have to pay for hoa now i can say some homeowners association fees are ridiculous <laughs> however <laughs> however um 
you're paying HOA fees for that apartment. You're paying for that pool. You're paying for that gate. You're paying for the lobby and all the little furniture <laughs> and, and tea that they give everybody when they come in. You're paying for that. It's not called HOA, but I bet you if you look at the breakdown of your rental, you're paying for the, the upkeep of that community. And it's the same thing. You're paying for the upkeep of your property so that you can gain more equity in your home. Hmm. More equity means more money for you at the end of the day. Equity just means, equity means profit. How much did I profit off of this house? So me, for example, I'm a homeowner. I bought my house in um, 2017, since September 2017. No, was it 16? No, it was 2017. So since two years, I have already gained $80,000 in my house. Wow. You think I'm worried about paying that home warranty $75 to come pick the plumbing? <laughs> than just one situation mm-hmm. no that's a that's a really good good point you make and I like that you kind of like went through all of my all of my statements and kind of like rebuttaled them because I think that you just like brought a really good perspective to it it's like yeah you have to furnish an apart like you have to furnish your home but you're also furnishing your apartment too like all of these things that you're complaining about you have to do it in your apartment as well so you might as well just like buy a home do it for yourself do it for yourself right do it for yourself do it for yourself don't do it for anybody else like i mean you you buy a house you may have to buy a, a, a extra living room set but okay who cares you pay you got credit cards which is how you got this house so pay on pay on your furniture mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's those are the type of things like um when i talk to people when i try to explain to people especially younger adults um that are in my age group we got to start thinking smarter. We got to start thinking long term. We got to start thinking about our kids. Um, our, our parents are getting older. Right. Our parents are getting older. We have to start thinking about trying to, you know, taking care of them, being there for them, being the being the financial holder. Like, our, our you know what I mean? Like, right. we have to start thinking bigger than just right now. Right. That, that's my main thing. No, I love that. Like, thinking thinking further down the road essentially um so you said that you that you bought your first first home in 2017 how did you know that you were ready to take that leap into home ownership girl shopping around for these apartments to see how much they work <laughs> I wanted to be smart. I wanted to 
Um, and another thing, too, is my mom, or well, my dad, rather, he bought a home really cheap, really cheap when I was younger. And I remember him saying, I'm buying this now, so when you graduate, you won't have to pay rent or you won't have to pay anywhere to, to live. And that's, that stuck with me forever. Um, that literally stuck with me forever. Unfortunately, circumstances happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we know, we all know about the um, recession and things like that. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they had to let it go. But, honestly, good thing that they, they had that asset to let go mm-hmm. at, during that time. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I, they, they had the asset to let go, to sell, to get rid of because they took the time to invest in it. And when times got hard, they they. They cast off of it. They made some money off of it. <laughs> yeah, so that actually um, ties in really great with another question that I wanted to ask you. So um, so I'm assuming you would say that even after, you know, the recession of 2007, 2008, you would still say that owning a home is still an investment. It's not, you know, something to be feared. Yeah, absolutely, because... This is how you got to think about it. When a recession, first of all, the recession in 07, 08 is not going to be the same thing because we have different tools. We have different resources that we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely don't think that it's going to be as impactful. However, reality effect is we are running into a, to a recession. It's a great thing. It's going to be a great thing for me. Well, I'm not going to say it's going to be a great thing for me, but <laughs> being, a, being, a, being a home buyer, the great thing about it is when, when, the recession hits and people are that are looking for houses, their interest rates are going to shoot up. You may find this $60,000 house or $80,000 house, but your interest rates are going to be 8%, 9%, 10%. When well, right now, they're the lowest they have, they have ever been, 3.5. So you have to, I don't think that, I don't think that re- the recession is going to, take out anything however i do think that it will switch things up um they're going to have to switch out switch up how they how they put out loans the rates that they put out on the loans um the 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 supply and demand of course is going to change people aren't going to you know people aren't going to be out there um trying to get as much houses or people aren't going to be trying to sell their houses really so it's going to change the supply and demand it's it's a if you do if you do if you don't if you don't type of thing like mm-hmm. you, you can't you're not going to go wrong you're not going to go wrong or go ahead and, and investing and in, going ahead and investing before the recession what are the top three things someone should look for in a real estate agent i would look for someone that was transparent um i would look for someone that was personable uh has resources and someone that is knowledgeable um you want someone who knows what they're doing because you want someone to be to be able to go around the loops and corners and you know what i mean because every, anything in life they're going to throw you throw you whatever 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 but you have to learn how to be able to dodge it and you have to be able to make the deal work mm-hmm. so um you want to be knowledgeable so you can make that deal work you be resourceful because if you run into an issue or if we run into an issue while we're trying to buy a house, let's say, for instance, you want to buy this house and you don't like the way they cleaned it. So you're saying you don't want to you don't want to buy the house anymore because the way they cleaned it, you don't trust them, da, 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 whatever the case may be. Well, I know somebody that can come in here and clean it for you so I can make this deal work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll go ahead and get it done for you, whatever the case may be. If we have a leak or we have a heat in the air problem, 
I know somebody that can come out here, check it out for us, whatever it is, so we can make that deal work. We want somebody who can have a, a loan officer or um, a lender that's going to work with you to, to make sure if, if it's an error or anything like that, anything we need to fix, I know somebody, I know this. You know what I mean? Somebody yeah. who's able to, to make make the deal work, connect the pieces. Um, and, you know, for me, personable, I'm, I feel like I'm personable. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm personable. Like, I can relate. Um, to it, to I try. Well, I try to relate to any situation. I try to empathize with with any situation, um, and I and I look out for you. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be clear. I'm gonna be vivid. I'm not gonna sell you no dreams. If it's not a good deal, it's not a good deal. Um, all money ain't good money. All houses ain't good houses. All lenders ain't good lenders. It, it's not. You know what I mean? It's not always a good deal. And I'm gonna be honest and I'm gonna be upfront with you. Um, so you don't stick your foot in a different hole because at the end of the day, as a realtor, that's going to be your one person that you're going to get in contact with when, when things go down. Right. Um, like I had somebody, I had somebody today, they're having an issue with their landlord. She called me like, what am I supposed to do? And I was, and I want to be there for you. I want you to feel like I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be a problem solver for you. Mm-hmm. Like an advocate, someone to be there on your side. That's what your real estate yeah, agent of is. Course. Yeah, of course. So as we end this show, um, I do want people to be able to be able to get in contact with you and reach you, you know, um, if when they're looking for their, you know, first, second, third home, whatever. If you want to if you want to let the people know where they can find you um, and, you know, get in touch with you. Yes, absolutely. Um, Again, my name is Destiny Brooks. I'm with Kindred Realty Group. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at at Zerdez, D-E-D-E-A-R-D-E-S-S. Um, my contact information is 678-707-2091. Or you can shoot me an email at destiny, D-E-S-T-Y-N-E-E-A, at gmail.com. Um, I do work with first-time home buyers. Um, second-time home buyers, investors, um, veterans, rentals, as well as commercial. So anything that you have, um, for the most part, I can work with or I can connect you to the right person.